So three seconds left. It's a fake. Boswell to throw. End zone touchdown! Alejandro Villanueva and the Steelers on a fake field goal at the end of the half strike. The sports pen lives here on ESPN-UP in the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us Monday afternoon post-Thanksgiving. I'm joined by Charlie Bramer. As always, good to see you, my man. How was your Thanksgiving? Great to be here, Tanner. Good to see you. My Thanksgiving... It was it was good. Saw some family I didn't see for a while. So how was yours? It was good. My family came up from Iowa. It was good to see them again. It had been too long. So it was good to reconnect and uh, have them around, show them around Marquette. They were a little taken aback by the snow, I think. But that was the reaction I think everybody gets when they come up here. At least it was a little warmer over Thanksgiving, at least, it did, wasn't it? It got up to little, 41 on Friday. Yeah, a little bit. So that helped. Then it rained. Yeah, then, then it, it rained. rained and it made everything all messy, what have you. Yep. That's all right. Thanksgiving's a great holiday. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Although football in the area left a lot of fans here disappointed by what we had over the weekend, even into Thanksgiving. The Lions just laid an egg. Yep. How about Saturday? You had Michigan getting blown out in a game where they could have punched their ticket to Potentially the college football playoff, for sure, the Big Ten championship. Michigan State didn't look good. They struggled to get by Rutgers. Wisconsin losing to the Gophers for the first time since 2003. They lose at home to Minnesota for the first time since 1994. And then yesterday, Packers get beat by the Vikings. So you feel for the football fans around this area. It's been a tough weekend for them. Yeah, the football from Minnesota had, uh, football from Wisconsin had our number. They did, didn't they? Yep. Now Gophers get the win, Vikings get the win, Packers are now four and six and one. Uh, let's start there. Green Bay, you know, I hate to say it, but playoff chances are probably out the window by now. Yeah, they're a game and a half out of the wild card. Luckily, teams such as the Panthers, different teams that you think would be in the mix for the wild card, haven't been playing too well either the last few mm-hmm. weeks. But I don't. Yeah, it's it's going to be real tough. I guess we can just put it that way. I think uh, Seattle, more than anybody, has pounced in the last couple of weeks, and they've won a couple of close games here against some teams that have been right on the bubble in Green Bay and Carolina. They've won both those games by three, and right now they're just finding ways to win. But Seattle's a dangerous enough team that if they do get in, they're a team nobody's going to want to play. So right now I really like their odds of getting into the playoffs. Minnesota last night looked like, they are going to be a playoff team, and I think we all knew that from the beginning this year. I think everyone was surprised that it's looking like they're going to be a wild card team rather than a division winner. But the Vikings, if there's anybody that can go far out of the NFC North, I still think the Vikings will go farther than the Bears in the playoffs because the Bears are playing at as high of a level possible right now with the level of talent they have on that team. The Vikings have a more talented roster, but they haven't put it all together yet. So when they get hot, and they will, when they get hot, they're going to go farther than the Bears will in the playoffs. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. The The Bears, and and that was even the week one game against the Packers, when the Packers were getting blown out, I said, this level of play is not sustainable for the yeah. Bears, and the Packers came back and won the game. I guess it was a little more sustainable than I thought, but I, I'd have to agree with you, even if the Vikings were a wild card, they would be, teams would rather play the Bears than the division winner, which that's rare, but... Well, I tell you what, you may not like this, but I'm going to throw out a hot take of the day and might be about as hot of a take as 
we've ever had here on the sports pen. <laughs> but I think that Aaron Rodgers needs to be shut down for the rest of this season. Something's clearly wrong with him. He got outplayed by Kirk Cousins last night, just hasn't looked like himself this year. I don't think he's healthy. I just don't. The Packers aren't a, con- a contending team anymore. I think it's time to shut him down. I mean, he's no no use risking him for a team that has the same record as the Cleveland Browns right now. I mean, they're not going to contend. He doesn't have pieces around him to contend, even somehow if they got into the playoffs. I like Aaron Rodgers, and he's only got a few years left in his window. He's not going to win with this team. I just don't see the risk of him pushing himself further because he was missing on some throws last night. He's missed on some throws in the past few weeks that he really should have made, and we know he's capable of making. And he's looked good at times, but other times he's struggled, and he's been more inconsistent this year than we're accustomed to seeing. So in that sense, I think the right move here for the Packers would be shutting Aaron down this season, seeing what you can get out of Deshaun Kaiser, and really it puts the pressure on Mike McCarthy to say, I'm a good enough coach, I don't need the best quarterback in the game to win. You see if Mike McCarthy can really fight for his job. Maybe, if anything, it could be a scapegoat for him. It could be a reason for him getting to keep his job. I don't know. What do you think? Well, they're not going to shut down Rodgers until they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. probably true. And other than that, I mean, I thought he looked good against the Dolphins, against the Seahawks. His stat, he had a great stat line. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't been throwing picks. Usually when things are really not quite right for Rodgers, like last year against Carolina when he came back and you could tell he really wasn't, he threw three picks in that game. Mm -hmm. He'll, He'll start throwing picks. He hasn't been doing that. I thought he was finally starting to look a little more mobile against the Dolphins and then the Seahawks. Um, last night when David Bakhtiari got hurt, that was the end of all of it. That was the final blow. Uh, no, they couldn't block Everson Griffin after that. Jason Spriggs had, there was plays where Jason Spriggs literally did not get a hand on Everson Griffin. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was the end of it. There was no chance for, Rodgers to really even there was several times getting sacked on third downs where he had no chance a lot of times when Rodgers will get sacked maybe he'll hold on the ball a little long or he'll hold on to it scramble throw it away um that wasn't the case last night um I see I see what you're trying to make what the point you're trying to make there um whether it's the right thing to do or not it's certainly not going to happen and just there are things that could come from there could be positives to take away Rodgers playing games with his young wide receivers mm-hmm. to finish out the year things like that but does he look healthy to you i mean he just looks like he's still bothered by something um i think he's really bothered by not having Geronimo Allison well that would bother Guys not having that, Jordy Nelson yeah and i think he's really bothered by these young wide receivers, I think he's really not gelling with them like we would hope. And I don't know what they're going to do about that. You know, are they going to stick with these guys? Is there going to be another year of turnover at that position? Um, I think that's going to be the, a real make-or-break thing for the Packers. What can they do to fix that? It needs to be fixed quickly. Well, say you're the general manager for Green Bay and you're out 
as far as playoff contention. Your team's not going to make it. You know that Rodgers is going to continue to take a beating play when he's probably not as healthy as he tries to he tries to put on. You know, he he won't take himself out of the lineup. He will play through anything no matter the situation. So at some point the front office has got to say, Aaron, you're missing throws that you shouldn't be. You don't look like yourself, and we're not contending. David Bottiari's out, and you're just going to get pounded the rest of this season. Would that be the right move from a Packers fan standpoint? Is that a move that you could get behind if the Packers aren't contending, Bottiari's out, Rodgers continues to take a beating, and you just want to keep him healthy for next season? Well, I mean, if it was a few weeks down the line and they were officially uh eliminated from playoff contention then that would be a situation where obviously you're you're looking towards future and even uh at that point they might be playing for a better draft pick so yeah there are a few things that um a few reasons why that would be the right choice um but as of now they're not officially eliminated and who they got some games coming to play the cardinals next week so Hopefully, they can get a win there, and it's probably just going to delay the inevitable, so to speak. Charlie Bramer in the studio with us in the Sports Pen Monday afternoon. Let's look around the NFL landscape yesterday and a few things that stood out to you. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Denver game and the crazy plays happening there. How about the linemen stepping up in that game? Chris Boswell, the fake field goal throw. He uh, gets it to Alejandro Villanueva, and then uh, who was it uh, that? had the interception at the end oh, yeah, of the, the game to see like yes yep. i mean some big guys making some plays and what a win for denver it looked like a red hot pittsburgh team and suddenly they get beat isn't that just what pittsburgh has been doing lately they mm-hmm. they start to look good and then fall apart mm-hmm. um obviously they'll still be a playoff team um but are they going to be any different in the playoffs from last year that's a big question. I mean, it, a lot of it's going to depend on if they can get that first round bye. To me, that bye is going to be critical for them. To me, they don't have any path to the Super Bowl if they don't capture that first round bye. Yeah, and could they could they beat Kansas City and potentially have to beat the Patriots? Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't want to have to go through that road. I mean, if there's any road you want to avoid, that's probably it. Although... You've got Houston riding a seven-game winning streak. They play tonight on Monday Night Football. And then the Colts suddenly look really good. And the AFC South is not is not uh, out of reach for anybody. Well, except maybe Jacksonville. Yep. And, well, the AFC is just really starting to, it seems like it's starting to come around. Mm-hmm. The NFC was the competitive, the more competitive conference there for a while seems like it's becoming a little more even, if not in favor of the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've got at least one playoff spot that's still up for grabs over there in my mind, and I'm not sure that it is so much anymore with what we're seeing out of the Colts. Right now, it looks like the Chargers will lock up one wild card spot, and I'm starting to think the Colts are going to get the other based on the way they've been playing. It makes you wonder. Andrew Luck coming back from injury. I mean, he's got to get comeback player of the year this year, doesn't he? I mean, it's remarkable what he's done. But even if he had the slightest bit of talent to compliment himself with, 
it's scary to think what the Colts could be this year. And Frank Wright kind of backdoored his way into that job. But look at the job that he's done, as well as the front office, turning that team around midseason. I mean, they started 1-5. and five. Everyone said they're wasting Andrew Luck and what few good years he has left. They're going to have to rebuild big time this offseason. They rebuilt midseason. They're suddenly a 6-5 and five team, and there's a lot to like about this Colts squad. And I find myself rooting for them, just for Andrew Luck and all he's gone through and what he's been able to do, and for the season the Colts have had and how they've turned it around. Yeah, and exactly what are the criteria for Comeback Player of the Year? I was thinking maybe, well, I guess if the Packers would have performed better, Aaron Rodgers could have been <laughs> Comeback Player of the Year. Um but is it, do you have to miss the whole entire previous season? Is that what it is? I'm not sure what the stipulations are for it, but he did, so he could yeah. he could be a good pick for it. Yeah, it seems like most of the time, I think, it seems like when guys win that, they did, had an ACL or something, something that kept them out the whole entire mm -hmm. previous season. I'd like to see Andrew Luck win it. Right now, I don't think there's a more deserving player in the NFL, at least not one that comes to mind right off the top of my head. No, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it. There were a lot of guys injured last year, of mm -hmm. course. Um, but none of them have stepped up and been such a pivotal part of their team's success, obviously, like the quarterback would, Andrew Luck. Well, Luck is a guy that I didn't think necessarily would get comeback player of the year. I'm actually glad to see him performing like he was right out of college. He looks really good, like he was never hurt. I wasn't sure that he was going to win comeback player of the year, though. I didn't think he has a good enough team around him. I still don't. They might make the playoffs, but Colts aren't going to go far in it. I did not expect to be thinking about him as an MVP candidate potentially this year. We have to face the possibility Andrew Luck, albeit maybe an outside candidate, will still probably be largely considered for the MVP, him along with Philip Rivers. And I never would have thought that from either of those two at the beginning of this season. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We're getting a whole new slew of names this year, guys that were a second, maybe even third tier type candidates have and, and it's funny they're doing it later in their career than maybe you would have thought obviously other than Patrick Mahomes <laughs> but there's some guys like Philip Rivers who's never really been in the discussion that and they probably won't win it but, no, but they're in the they're they're giving themselves a case was there any quarterback better this season than Philip Rivers was yesterday? Complete his first 25 passes, finished 28 of 29. Chargers are a red hot team and nobody seems to care, but Philip Rivers, man, he's quietly turning that Charger team into a legit contender for the AFC. They're not going to win their own division, so it's weird to say a legit contender. But who would want to play the Chargers in the playoffs this year? Yeah, and if they can stay healthy, uh, obviously Melvin Gordon's going to be out the next few that's gonna weeks. Um, literally and figuratively, yeah, yes. that's going to hurt. Um, but... If they can, if they can end the season on a hot streak, you always want to go into the playoffs playing good football. Yeah, they're going to be a tough out, that's for sure. Well, we mentioned it's been a tough week for football fans in the UP and the surrounding area. We break that down next in the sports pen on ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you along with Charlie Bramer. Monday afternoon, glad that you're with us. We're going double dip on our promotions today. Charlie, you take it first. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Pigskin Payday is back. Head into Ojibwe Casinos to predict the winners of each week's pro football games. Play all season for your chance at the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. Well, second part of that is Golik and Wingo are promoting a contest. And we're going to promote it for them. They are giving four fans and their friends, so eight total people, the chance to go to the college football national championship game this season. You enter by creating a fan video, you tweet it to the show's Twitter account, at Golik and Wingo, and you use the hashtag GWCFP, and the contest runs until December 5th. So be sure to enter. Sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, especially if Notre Dame's going to get in. I mean, yep. that sounds like a great thing to go to. I was going to say, there might not be many people from Michigan now yep. looking forward to... Um, I might be jumping the gun on that uh, topic little segue there but it's a good segue um you got to take those segues gotta hop on them when they when they come up right but um that was just what a disappointing game man. Oh, man i was at least hoping for something entertaining right yeah i mean i certainly wasn't rooting for michigan to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination a little bit selfishly as a notre dame fan i'm still hoping to have that kind of a quality win so i'm interested to see how far michigan will tumble tomorrow night when the new playoff rankings come out but you're right michigan if they had any hope of getting to the college football playoff it's gone now ohio state maybe a door opens up for them so michigan takes a tumble people are gonna forget how good of a season they've had I mean, Harbaugh had been stagnating for a little bit after a hot start as a Wolverines coach. He brings them back to a level where they are contending for a national championship or at least a playoff berth. People are going to forget that they went 10-2, and even though they picked up wins over Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin in blowout fashion. People are going to look on this season and they're going to look at it with disappointment because they failed to reach the college football playoff failed to reach the Big Ten championship game. They failed to beat two of their arch rivals in Notre Dame at Ohio State. And you're going to get the Fire Harbaugh crowd still not happy after a 10-2 and season. It's tough in a way when you have a fan base that demanding. It's tough to be a head football coach, especially when it's at your alma mater. I feel for Harbaugh, and I think he's a great coach, and I don't know where Michigan would look for a guy who could do better than yeah. Harbaugh is. Yeah, where would you improve? There was a handful of guys fired today and mm-hmm. uh uh what's his name from texas tech there there's and, and it's the same thing it's well where are they gonna who how are they exactly planning on improving mm-hmm. and a lot of these guys are still owed fairly handsome sons of money sums of money there but uh i don't know i don't know there's not exactly a a coaching tree out there to just pluck coaches off of um you just really wonder what happened to that Michigan defense giving up over mm-hmm. 60 points. If they can win, their, they'll be in a pretty big bowl game. If they can win their bowl game, the season might not might not leave such a uh, bitter taste in the mm-hmm. fans' mouths. But they're going to have to – Harbaugh's going to have to beat Ohio State eventually. Yeah. Um, if Jim Harbaugh went 10-2 and two every year for the next four or five years but lost to Ohio State, do you think that would cost him his job? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they'd put enough pressure on the athletic department, the boosters, that they would get him out of there because Michigan could go 2-10 and 10 every year, but if they beat Ohio State, it's like winning the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. 
I don't know about two and ten, but they might take. They might have taken that this year if they did beat Ohio State. For, how many times has it been now? Is that seven? Seven times? in a row for the Buckeyes. Yeah, that's just you never want to lose to an yeah. arch rival. And then at what point? Uh, you know, like the Bears-Packers rivalry for a long time, it wasn't considered a rivalry because no. it was so lopsided. So at what point does this move into that category where it's not really even a rivalry anymore because one side is dominating? So how about this? Can we equate the Jim Harbaugh-Michigan situation to what Les Miles had at LSU a few years ago? Always good. Always a perennial power up there. They'd finish 9-3, and 10-2, and two, win some big bowl games. But he couldn't beat Nick Saban. He couldn't beat Alabama. And LSU eventually parts ways with him, thinking that they're going to get somebody who can. And don't get me wrong, I like Ed Orgeron down there. I like him a lot as a head coach, and I don't think USC should have ever parted ways with him when he took over for Lane Kiffin on an interim basis. But letting Les Miles go, it was a rare situation where... LSU could bring in a coach of that caliber. But letting Les Miles go after consistent 9-3, and 10-2 performances because he couldn't beat one team, if there's any place in the country that that mirrors itself, it would be Michigan with Harbaugh and the Ohio State rivalry. Yeah, it's, it's the same type of situation. Uh, the second-tier team of the conference just cannot seem to beat the perennial powerhouse and finishing second is great for a team that, you know, like Northwestern this year, they're quite mm-hmm. happy with their season. But if that's Michigan, wow, you know, like you said, there's going to be everybody's going to want to fire Harbaugh. And that's just where Michigan has been now. And it is the same type of situation as LSU. But is there an Ed Orgeron available? I guess we'd have to wait and see what other coaching moves are made. There might be somebody available further on after the season perhaps but it seems like Jim Harbaugh is going to get a few more shots at Ohio State and hopefully he can pull one out he's going to need to isn't it weird how the standards are so different across the country something similar not quite on the same level as Harbaugh or Les Miles at their respective schools but Bo Pelini a few years ago at Nebraska went nine and three every year they canned him they have two guys that have brought losing season after losing season since then and Pelini's out there making Youngstown State an FCS power. It's weird how the standards change from school to school because Lovey Smith is out at Illinois getting a two-year extension after going 4-8. and eight. Yeah, how many years has Lovey Smith been in Illinois? I've lost track. It's been, a, it's been a while. You would think you would have that program playing a little better now. Uh, Illinois was always good when I was younger. They've been bad for such a long time now. Mm-hmm. I thought Lovey Smith would be a name that would help with recruiting. They have a hard time with that, keeping guys in state. Um, But apparently he hasn't done it. But, yeah, he's getting extensions. There's some pretty big names that are out there. Larry Fedora, North Carolina, and Mac Brown is already there to replace him. Mac Brown is back on the college football scene after all his success at Texas. I'm interested to see how good he can be as a head coach after being out of the game so long. Yeah, and... How old is Mac Brown? He's got to be about seventy, doesn't he? Yeah, is is his is he has he at, throughout his time off? You know, is mm-hmm. is he going to come back with the same old school approach, or no. is he gonna uh, is he adapt? Is he going to adapt to the way the game has changed? You know, you've got me wondering now. Let's ask Siri. How old is Mac Brown? 
The answer I found is 18 years. Okay, we know that's not right. <laughs> that's nope, not the right nope, she gets Zach Brown. Yep. Zach, like the Zach Brown band. Yep. Uh, we'll figure that out later. But Mac Brown, we know, is not 18 years old. How about Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech? He's a great offensive mind, which seems to fit right in in the Big 12. But that wasn't enough for him to keep his job. They lose five straight. He went... 35 and 40 during his time at Texas Tech. Obviously, not great numbers. And some guys just, you wonder if they're cut out to be head coaches or they're better coordinators. You saw what he did developing Patrick Mahomes into who he is. I almost wonder if the Chiefs want to give him a shot. There's plenty of teams in college football that would love to have him in any role. As an offensive coordinator, as a head coach, what have you. But I think that he can land an NFL job, and I'd kind of like to see him do it. Um, Yeah. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of turnover in the NFL this year, uh, not just with head coaches, but with assistants, like you say. And oftentimes the assistant coaches being let go and hired and moves like that are the moves that are under the radar. People don't really pay too much attention to, but they can be the moves that make all the difference. Well, you saw Nathaniel Hackett get fired today by the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator. The Jaguars just look like a shell of themselves right now. Yeah, and some guys are just, they're destined to be uh, an assistant. Nothing wrong with that. Those guys make a lot of money too, especially if you're in a successful program, right? Well, I just checked, and Mac Brown is 67. That was bothering me, so I had to check. So 67. I would have guessed a little bit older than that. I would have too. I would have too. That's weird, but I would have too. Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We've got more coming up in the sports pen. You're listening to ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops with you along with Charlie Bramer. Monday afternoon. Glad that you're with us. We're going double dip on our promotions today. Charlie, you take it first. Ladies and gentlemen, Pigskin Payday is back. Head into Ojibwe Casinos to predict the winners of each week's pro football games. Play all season for your chance at the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casinos, Berga and Marquette. Well, second part of that is Golik and Wingo are promoting a contest, and we're going to promote it for them. They are giving four fans and their friends, so eight total people, the chance to go to the college football national championship game this season. You enter by creating a fan video. You tweet it to the show's Twitter account, at Golik and Wingo, and you use the hashtag GWCFP, and the contest runs until December 5th. So be sure to enter. Sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, especially if Notre Dame's going to get in. I mean, yep. that sounds like a great thing to go to. I was going to say, there might not be many people from Michigan now yep. looking forward to. Um, I might be jumping the gun on that uh, topic. A little segue there. But, it's a good segue. Um, you got to take those segues. You got to hop on them when they, when they come up, right? But... Um, that was just, what a disappointing game, man. Oh, man. I was at least hoping for something entertaining, right? Yeah, I mean, I certainly wasn't rooting for Michigan to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination. A little bit selfishly as an Notre Dame fan, I'm still hoping to have that kind of a quality win. So I'm interested to see how far Michigan will tumble tomorrow night when the new playoff rankings come out. But you're right, Michigan, if they had any hope of getting to the college football playoff, it's gone now. Ohio State... Maybe a door opens up for them. So Michigan takes a tumble. People are going to forget how good of a season they've had. 
I mean, Harbaugh had been stagnating for a little bit. After a hot start as a Wolverines coach, he brings them back to a level where they are contending for a national championship or at least a playoff berth. People are going to forget that they went 10-2, and two, even though they picked up wins over Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin in blowout fashion. People are going to look on this season and they're going to look at it with disappointment because they failed to reach the college football playoff, failed to reach the Big Ten championship game, they failed to beat two of their arch rivals in Notre Dame and Ohio State. And you're going to get the Fire Harbaugh crowd still not happy after a 10-2 and season. It's tough in a way when you have a fan base that demanding. It's tough to be a head football coach, especially when it's at your alma mater. I feel for Harbaugh, and I think he's a great coach, and I don't know where Michigan would look for a guy who could do better than yeah, Harbaugh is. Yeah, where would you improve? There was a, a handful of guys fired today, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's his name from Texas Tech? There, there's, and, and it's the same thing. It's well, where are they gonna? Who? How are they exactly planning on improving? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys are still owed fairly handsome sums of money, sums of money there. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's not exactly a, a coaching tree out there to just pluck coaches off of. Um, you just really wonder what happened to that Michigan defense giving up over mm-hmm. 60 points. If they can win, a, they'll be in a pretty big bowl game. If they can win their bowl game, the season might not might not leave such a uh, bitter taste in mm-hmm. the fans' mouths, but they're going to have to – Harbaugh's going to have to beat Ohio State eventually. Yeah. Um, if Jim Harbaugh went ten and two every year for the next four or five years, but lost to Ohio State, do you think that would cost him his job? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think they'd put enough pressure on the athletic department, the boosters, that they would get him out of there because Michigan could go two and ten every year, but if they beat Ohio State, it's like winning the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. I don't know about two and ten, but they might take. They might have taken that this year if they did beat Ohio State. For, how many times has it been now? Is that seven? Seven times? in a row for the Buckeyes. Yeah, that's just you never want to lose to an no. arch rival. And then, at what point, uh, you know, like the Bears Packers rivalry for a long time, it wasn't considered a rivalry because no. it was so lopsided. So, at what point does this? move into that category where it's not really even a rivalry anymore because one side is dominating. So how about this? Can we equate the Jim Harbaugh-Michigan situation to what Les Miles had at LSU a few years ago? Always good. Always a perennial power up there. They'd finish 9-3, and 10-2, win some big bowl games, but he couldn't beat Nick Saban. He couldn't beat Alabama. And LSU eventually parts ways with him, thinking that they're going to get somebody who can. And don't get me wrong, I like Ed Orgeron down there. I like him a lot as a head coach, and I don't think USC should have ever parted ways with him when he took over for Lane Kiffin on an interim basis. But letting Les Miles go, it was a rare situation where LSU could bring in a coach of that caliber. But letting Les Miles go after consistent 9-3, and 10-2 and two performances because he couldn't beat one team, if there's any place in the country that that mirrors itself, it would be Michigan with Harbaugh and the Ohio State rivalry. Yeah, it's, it's the same type of situation. Uh, the second-tier team of the conference just cannot seem to beat the perennial powerhouse. And 
finishing second is great for a team that, you know, like Northwestern this year, they're quite mm-hmm. happy with their season. But if that's Michigan, wow, you know, like you said, there's going to be everybody's going to want to fire Harbaugh. And that's just where Michigan has been now. And it is the same type of situation as LSU. But is there an Ed Orgeron available? I guess we'd have to wait and see what other coaching moves are made. There might be somebody available further on after the season perhaps but it seems like Jim Harbaugh is going to get a few more shots at Ohio State and hopefully he can pull one out he's going to need to isn't it weird how the standards are so different across the country something similar not quite on the same level as Harbaugh or Les Miles at their respective schools but Bo Pelini a few years ago at Nebraska went nine and three every year they canned him they have two guys that have brought losing season after losing season since then and Pelini's out there making Youngstown State and FCS power. It's weird how the standards change from school to school because Lovey Smith is out at Illinois getting a two-year extension after going 4-8. and eight. Yeah, how many years has Lovey Smith been in Illinois? I've lost track. It's been, a, it's been a while. You would think he would have that program playing a little better now. Uh, Illinois was always good when I was younger. They've been bad for such a long time now. Mm-hmm. I thought Lovey Smith would be a name that would help with recruiting. They have a hard time with that, keeping guys in state. Um, But apparently he hasn't done it. But, yeah, he's getting extensions. There's some pretty big names that are out there. Larry Fedora, North Carolina, and Mac Brown is already there to replace him. Mac Brown is back on the college football scene after all his success at Texas. I'm interested to see how good he can be as a head coach after being out of the game so long. Yeah, and... How old is Mac Brown? He's got to be about seventy, doesn't he? Yeah, is is his is he has he at, throughout his time off? You know, is mm-hmm. is he going to come back with the same old school approach, or no. is he gonna uh, is he adapt? Is he going to adapt to the way the game has changed? You know, you've got me wondering now. Let's ask Siri. How old is Mac Brown? The answer I found is 18 years. Okay, we know that's not right. <laughs> that's nope, not the right nope, she gets Zach Brown. Yep. Zach, like the Zach Brown band. Yep. Uh, we'll figure that out later. But Mac Brown, we know, is not 18 years old. How about Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech? He's a great offensive mind, which seems to fit right in in the Big 12. But that wasn't enough for him to keep his job. They lose five straight. He went... 35 and 40 during his time at Texas Tech. Obviously, not great numbers. And some guys just... You wonder if they're cut out to be head coaches or they're better coordinators. You saw what he did developing Patrick Mahomes into who he is. I almost wonder if the Chiefs want to give him a shot. There's plenty of teams in college football that would love to have him in any role. As an offensive coordinator, as a head coach, what have you. But I think that he can land an NFL job, and I'd kind of like to see him do it. Um, yeah, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of turnover in the NFL this year. Uh, not just with head coaches, but with assistants like you say and oftentimes the assistant coaches being let go and hired and moves like that are the moves that are under the radar people don't really pay too much attention to but they can be the moves that make all the difference well you saw nathaniel hackett get fired today by the jacksonville jaguars offensive coordinator the jaguars just look like a shell themselves right now yeah and some guys are just they're destined to be uh, an assistant. Nothing wrong with that. Those guys make a lot of money, too, especially if you're in a successful program, right? Well, I just checked, and Mac Brown is 67. That was bothering me, so I had to check. So 67. I would have guessed 
a little bit older than that. I would have too. I would have too. That's weird, but I would have too. Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We've got more coming up in the sports pen. You're listening to ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Tanner Hoops joined by Charlie Bramer. A few things to remind you of before we jump into Hoops Talk on this Monday afternoon. Don't forget we'll have Westwood Patriot basketball tomorrow night. That game can be heard right here on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. High school basketball is back in the state of Michigan and the UP. You can hear all Westwood Patriot basketball games, boys and girls, right here on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. The broadcast schedule is linked to our social media and it's on our website. Be sure to tune in. I'll be live tomorrow night for the Patriots season opener as they take on lots. Here's what else is making news. The Philadelphia Flyers have parted ways with general manager Ron Hextall. The Atlanta Braves have signed third baseman Josh Donaldson to a one-year deal. And the Minnesota Twins have signed first baseman C.J. Crone off waivers from Tampa Bay. He was let go following a 30-home run season. And to follow that up, the Pigskin Payday is back. Head into a Jayway Casinos to predict the winners of each week's pro football games. Play all season for your chance at the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. Once again, Charlie Bramer in studio with us Monday afternoon. Getting ready for some Monday night football and for some basketball as well. For all the Bucks fans, big one tonight. We get two of the best scores in the game right now. Squaring off head-to-head in Charlotte. You'll have Giannis going up against Kemba. Got to be a lot of fun, especially after those teams were in a thriller to open the season. First meeting since that night when the Bucks won 113-112. to 112. Yeah, and uh, game one, I thought, oh, geez, what a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was really, that was... That it's was pretty really average nothing. for these two. Yeah, the Bucks, that was even a little below their average. But I think Walker dropped like 42 points on that game. Hopefully the Bucks. Uh, he's a guy that they need to push off the mm-hmm. three-point line, force him to take long twos. Um, that's what they were able to do at the end of the Spurs game, um, force him into some difficult two-point shots, and then they hit a couple big threes. That loss to the Suns was sure, oh, geez, you just know at the end of the season that's going to be one they want to have back. Yeah. But all in all, to be able to come back, they were down 10 with nine minutes to go against the Spurs. So to win that game the way they did, that was that was good to see. Um, a team like Charlotte, they're good, but the Bucks cannot afford to lose to them. they got to win this game. Mm-hmm. Kemba Walker is going to do his thing. If you're Mike Budenholzer, what do you do defensively to try to slow him down? Is it a situation where you know he's going to get his or do anything you have to to take him out, force everybody else to beat you? Yeah, you you uh, you force him to drive, and you know he'll find guys that are open to hit shots. But you uh, you force him to drive and either take uh, difficult contested two pointers, or force other guys to come off the bench or step up and make shots. Um, if he finishes the night with ten assists, that's fine. You don't want him finishing with forty points. Pistons last night, they get a 118-107 victory over Phoenix. Andre Drummond, 19 points, 16 boards. Yeah, and that should have been the final score of the Bucks suns game. <laughs> but 
unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's just the Pistons are just trudging along. Uh, are they going to make the playoffs this year? I think they will. I'm not expecting a whole lot from them if they do. I see them as maybe the 7 or 8 seed, but yeah. I think they will. Yep, and um, I don't know. I mean, if the Bucks can finish in the second seed um, and Detroit is in the seventh, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to see that. I think the Bucks could finally get their first playoff series victory in, what is it, 15 years. That'd be nice. Um, and I think they could do that if they were facing the Pistons round one. Oh, what if they get Charlotte in round one? I mean, they're eighth right now yeah, in the Eastern gonna, Conference. There could be some difficult teams uh, depending upon how well Boston plays in the regular season. You know, come the playoffs, they're going to be a tough out. There's going to be some teams. The Eastern Conference is more competitive than the Western Conference all of a sudden. And, geez, that's kind of a shame because when LeBron James left, I thought, oh, now the Eastern Conference is wide open and the Bucks can just take over the... And, and the Bucks have kind of risen to the cream of the crop of the East. But it just so happens a bunch of teams are following suit and... Man, there's it's going to be some fun playoff basketball come springtime. Oh, I tell you what, that was a great segue into the Celtics because I wanted to ask you, how worried should Boston be? They're a 500 team. They were supposed to run away with the East this season. They are a team that really hasn't changed since last year. And last year at this time, they were cruising right along. I mean, what was their winning streak up to at this point last season? I mean, they were up there and looking like they could seriously be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. But for whatever reason, they are struggling out of the gate this season. Marcus Smart says they're not tough. They're not a tough team, and teams can't wait to play them. Boston, you know, has the talent there. They proved it before. They're not winning games. So I wonder, firstly, why? And secondly, how worried should they be? I have no reason to expect... Boston to finish below 500 mm -hmm. for the season. They'll make the playoffs, but so I wouldn't be super worried. But yeah, why? You know, their 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 two big stars are back this year. Why? It, it seems to be an offensive thing, but they have scores. Mm -hmm. So why? What's the deal? Uh, last year, Brad Stevens. It was oh, what a great coach. He's getting so much out of these players and some of them role players and now he's got his stars back and he's not getting as much out of them mm -hmm. so it's really a strange situation i almost wonder what's going on with al horford and if that has more to do with it than people are letting on if he just looks like he's taking a giant step back this season yep and he's one of those guys that'll just watch come playoff time he'll be right back to his old self i bet well as a boston fan I am concerned not hitting the panic button with how things are going because the talent is all there for them to turn things around. And if they can get that into the playoffs, if they can get into the playoffs, then you know that they've got talent there to make a deep run. Maybe you run the table. So in that sense, I'm not panicking, but I'm a little concerned at the way they've started this season. Yep. And of course, it would be nice for them to be able to get a higher seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But they'd have to be playing some tough teams regardless. The East is deep this year, and I think come playoff time, it doesn't really matter what seed Boston is. They're going to give whoever they play a run for their money. 
Charlie Bramer's in studio with us on this Monday afternoon. Looking around the rest of the NBA, LeBron James, how worried should he be and how worried should the Lakers be? Because right now, they're hitting the panic button. LeBron is 11-8 and eight over there. The Lakers aren't 11-8. and eight. LeBron is 11-8. and eight. LeBron's maybe 11-0 and, and the Lakers are 0-8. Let's yeah. go that. But last season, about this time, he was in a much worse situation in Cleveland with a much less talented team and a much less talented head coach to go with it. And they turned it around and won the Eastern Conference. They ended up running the table once they got to the postseason, made the NBA Finals, finished as runner-ups. He was in a much worse situation last year in Cleveland, and yet he's over in L.A. right now, above 500, with a better head coach and a better supporting cast, and they're more worried than they are at this time last year. Is that just the Lakers' standard, or what's yeah. the reason over there? I think that has to be what it is. It's just it's just what Laker fans do. It's what they, they've... They had really, really high expectations, and... Guys like, I, well, a lot of guys were really expecting them to, I don't know, like not have a challenge in the West. I don't know what they were basing that off of. I guess just LeBron James himself, mm -hmm. but him being as old as he is, I kind of figured that the regular season wouldn't be as smooth as many people were predicting. But if they could make the playoffs, uh, this team should probably, you would expect they'll make some moves. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be some really good players this year, and I know we touched on this last week, guys like J.R. Smith, different guys that could make contributions on a playoff team that are going to be available. And let's see, I wonder what moves the Lakers are going to make, just like teams like the Pistons. I wonder what moves everybody's going to be able to make. The Lakers seem to think that they can win now, that they can be a serious Western Conference contender this season. I just don't see that happening. I don't see how they could have come to the conclusion that they could be. Realistically, I didn't see them finishing higher than fifth. Best yeah. case scenario. For and them. Stephen A. Smith was one of those guys saying, oh, a two or a three seed, I believe. Um, but I just, yeah, I just wasn't seeing it. Just, and. If they could finish anywhere from five to seven, I think that would be, I would consider that a successful season for them, considering where they were last year. But apparently, just LeBron James, people thought, man, it was going to be a lot easier than it really was. Oh, and I wonder how much Magic Johnson would consider a five to seven seed finish as successful. And I wonder if that would be enough to save Luke Walton's job because everybody seems to think that the Lakers are probably a playoff team, but a bottom half playoff team. Probably get bounced in the first round. And Magic, he has been on good enough teams in the past and he knows what it takes to win. I'm not sure that'll be acceptable for him, but it probably should be. I would think that it should be, but I think you're right and it probably won't be. Um, if Luke Walton lost his job with the Lakers, would he get another head coaching job the following year? Oh, who wouldn't want him? Who wouldn't want him as a head coach? I think he's a brilliant coach. So then your answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. I don't know who wouldn't want to have Luke Walton as their head coach. Cleveland would be stupid not to go out and get Luke right. Walton. Right. Well, give me Bill. He's my favorite Walton. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear him talk. Well, hey, uh, how about NHL quickly before we sign off? Detroit hosting Columbus tonight. That's a 7.30 puck drop. You have a Columbus team that has been up and down this season. 
as have the Red Wings, but they're starting to turn it on lately, and it's good to see the Red Wings really getting it going largely due to their power play. Their power play, their special teams, have been their strength this season. For whatever reason, they're able to do it with their young talent, and they are really starting to turn a corner. That's it for us. We're out of time here on this episode of the Sports Pen. As always, Charlie, thanks for being here. We're looking forward to next week. Thanks a lot, Tanner. I'm looking forward to it. Charlie Bramer, our guest for today. I'm Tanner Hoops, signing off on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app.